So we're in a series called Dream Again, and uh, I hope you have your Bibles with you. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, I, I, I tried to apologize. I've started apologizing, and I stopped apologizing. I don't know, I'm kind of schizophrenic about it, because... I want to be a different kind of preacher. I want to be cool and I want to, I want to just teach and just be super. And y'all think, man, that is the coolest, calmest guy. But in, I've told you this, inside of this little body is a six foot one black bishop who wears a robe and a chain. <laughs> Sometimes he likes to come out. And I've tried to be somebody else, but I just can't help it. I just, I is who I is. And, um, so I'm just, this series is just, I don't know, it's just really, really, really got a hold of me. And uh, I love preaching this direction. Has this helped you the last couple of weeks? Say amen to that. It's just helped me so much. If it hadn't helped you, and uh, I, hope that, uh, I hope that it helps you again today. We've been talking about what it means to sort of open your eyes again to God's dream in your life. We said that the, if you're going to find God's dream for you, your dream's probably going to have to die. That's usually the thing that we'd say, man, I wish that wouldn't have happened. I wish my dream wasn't dead. The first week we said some of us are doing CPR on the dream God wants to die. You know, there's sometimes that God wants to separate you from something. Sometimes I meet with people and they say, Pastor, why would, why would God take that person out of my life? Why would that happen? And I look at them and go, did you like your life with them? And they say, no, not really. Well, that's probably why. Like, don't try to keep together what God is, is saying. Hey, look, you may need to separate from that job. You may need to move. There's some people who've moved across the country because God has said, listen, there's something I got more for you. There's something different for you. And we said that you get, sometimes your dream's going to have to die so God's dream can live again. And I just want to talk to you today about what it means to kind of, last week we talked about that area of destiny. You, you remember we said that you got to get inside of the area that God has designed for you that there's boundaries that God would have for you and if you'll get inside of that sweet spot that there's unlimited possibilities inside the limits of my area of destiny that God can do anything inside of that when I step out of my area of destiny then that's when things start going chaotic don't ever tell your kids you can be anything you want to be baby that you can't be listen my mama told me that, and I want to play for the Spurs. Come on, Parker was out last night, and I wanted to put me in, coach, put me in. But I can't play for the Spurs. I'm four foot six. I can't, you can't, I can't it, just, it ain't going to work. You can't be anything you want to be. But if you'll get inside of your area of destiny, anything in that area that I want to be, I can do. Say amen to that. Because this is the destiny God has for me. I want to continue sort of talking about that area of destiny today. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to kind of start old school. I'll read a passage, and that's not normal for me. And then, and then I'm going to preach a little bit about from, uh, from that. Second Kings uh, tells the story of Elisha. And maybe if you've been around church a little bit, you've heard this story before. And this is kind of what happens. Uh, uh, Elisha says, but now bring me a musician. Bring me a musician. And then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. It happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came on Elisha. And Elisha said, thus says the Lord. In other words, the moment that, that, that the musician started playing, God sort of quickened Elisha's spirit. And he said, hey, here's what God wants to say to you. And then, and then he starts prophesying. And he tells all of the army, make this valley full of ditches. I want you to underline it in your Bible if, you, if you're taking notes or maybe on the back of your worship guide. I want you to underline, then it happened. Have you ever had a then it happened moment when you're like, man, I, I did this and, and, and then it happened. It, it happened in my family one time I remember. I have a little brother. He's three years younger than me. And one time we were, I don't know, we were teenagers and, 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 and it, it, like teenage boys do, we were fighting. And my mom had said something like, you know, you, you boys stop. And my little brother said, mom, just shut up. Then it happened. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
it happened. You know what I'm moaning? I'm talking about like that moment you point back to and you go, oh, that's that moment you lost your head. That moment right there. That's, that's, when, you, that's when your mouth started going that away for the rest of your life. Then it happened. There's just there's just some then it happened moments in in your life. There's just there's probably sometimes you can point back to in your spiritual life and go, man, I made this decision, and then immediately then it happened. God opened the door. I, I took this step. I'll tell you what happened for us. This is a crazy story. Don't ever do this unless God tells you to do this. But Brandy and I were working in Austin. Y'all don't get me thinking about Austin. We were working. We had a great church. Everything was fine. We felt God's call to plant a church in the hill country. We moved down here. Listen to me. We bought a house without a church, without a job. With nothing. I don't know if my mortgage girl is here today. I want to apologize to you. Because we bought a house. I'm telling you, we didn't know what was going to happen. But as I promise you this happened. As soon as we closed on that house, God just stepped in and started making a way. Then it happened. It was that then it happened moment. When, when we didn't know how God was going to come through. And then we took a step. And then, and then God took a step. Uh, in our direction, I, I just I want you to I want you to really kind of go deep into what then it happens right here because after as soon as God's word goes forth, here's what it happens. He said, "I want you to start digging." Everybody say digging. I want you to start digging ditches. That's the word of God. L- listen really close to me. Write this down. Digging and destiny go hand in hand. I told you the other day that your comfort and God's plan don't always go hand in hand. But listen what does. Digging and your destiny go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. You can't have God's best for you and be inside of your destiny and doing the thing God called you to do and having that God-sized dream inside of you if you're not willing to dig something out and work a little bit. Say amen to that. Digging and destiny go hand in hand. You're going to have to make some construction in your life. I hate driving in construction. Would you say amen to that? I don't know what they're building on I-10 between here and Fair Oaks Ranch, but I am believing God in this 21 days that they will be finished. Father, let it happen. Let it happen right now. A miracle in Fair Oaks Ranch because every time I go that way I get lost. Some I lose all of my salvation around Fair Oaks and then by the time I'm at 1604 I have been saved again. But it happens every single time because I hate construction. And I remember one time Brandy and I, we traveled a lot together, especially before we had kids. And, and we were driving, we were driving one day, we were in this big metropolitan city, and, and we kind of topped the hill, and we saw all those red lights, you know what I mean, that means like traffic is out of stop, and I hate, and you could see up there, there were signs and flashing lights, and it was construction. And I said, because, you know, obviously, I know what I'm doing. I said, baby, I can take this exit right here, and we can. And I, I know a workaround. We can go around, and, and we can get around all this construction. And so we, I, you know, I, I, I maneuvered over. I kind of slid in backwards, you know, six or seven lanes of traffic, and and I just parked parallel, just just all the way over on the other lanes, and I took that exit, and about. About two hours later, we ended up nowhere near where we were on our way to. Completely out of the way. Listen, because sometimes, listen close, you can't go around the construction God has for your life. There are times in your life when God has put construction there, not to slow you down, but to make you something better so that when you get to the other side, He has constructed in you what He wants from you. There's just some construction projects you can't get around. There's just some times in your life you're going to have to start digging. And, and Elisha tells the, the, the children of Israel, he tells the armies, listen, guys, we're not going to be able to get around this. We're going to have to just start digging in our life. We're just going to have to start digging what this is. We're just going to have to start digging out what God says. We're going to have to start making 
these ditches. And let me kind of give you some background about this story. Here's what's happening. This is a very, very tumultuous time in, in the nation of Israel. There's a divided kingdom. There's actually two kingdoms that are happening right now. The kingdom of Judah is in the south, and the kingdom of Israel is in the north. And Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah, the southern kingdom, and he's a righteous king who follows God. And then Joram is the king of Israel, and he is this unrighteous king. Uh, who He's idolatrous. He's the son of Ahab and Jezebel. It's terrible. But they made an alliance... These two kings made an alliance and they brought along a third guy, the king of Edom. And these three kingdoms decided we have to defeat the Moabites. That that was their plan. We're going to get together. We're going to work together even though we're very different so that we can defeat the Moabites. The Moabites were sort of attacking. It was, it was kind of, and so here's what they did. Second Kings 3 and 9 says it like this. The king of Edom and his troops joined them. And all three armies traveled along a roundabout route. You understand what that is? All three kings traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days. But there was no water for their men or their animals. Now listen close. They were stuck in the desert for seven days trying to go around construction. You ever been there? They were stuck trying to go around. And then here's what happens. It takes seven days in the desert with no water before somebody goes, hey, we may ought to ask God what he thinks about all this. (laughs) There's some of you in your life that that have wondered seven days without water before you go to God and go, God, just tell me what to do about this. God, how do I get out of this? God, I'm in a desert right now. Let let me give you a little piece of advice. It would probably be wise of us to understand. There's sometimes we're going to have to involve God in the planning and process in the beginning as opposed to asking God for a rescue mission at the end. Say amen to that. There's some times in your life when it's, it's okay to go, God, tell me how to get through this. God, before I make a wrong turn, do a wrong thing, say something. Before I take the wrong job, marry the wrong girl. Before things go terribly wrong in my life, I make the wrong move. And, we, and, and here I am on the backside of a desert. I'm completely around where I'm supposed to be. Tell me what I'm supposed to do here. But that's not what happened. They wait till seven days without water. And so they go to God and go, God, we got to have some help. God, we don't know what to do. And, 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 and they go to Elisha and say, Elisha, why don't you ask God and tell, tell us what to do? And here's what Elisha does. Listen, this is so important. Elisha says, when they go to Elisha and say, tell us what God wants us to do. Tell God to rescue us. Elisha said, bring me a musician. Go, go, go get somebody who plays guitar and, and, and bring them to me. That is the craziest. Elisha, I don't know what you're talking about here. Today's not the day for slow jams with Elisha. You know what I'm saying? It's just not the right time, bub. I don't know why we're doing karaoke right now, but I'm not down on this. I'm out here in this desert, and I need to hear from God. I don't know why we're getting a musician. Listen close. Elisha knew, if I'm going to get a word from God, listen, I have to worship first. Now that was better than some of you called, so I'm going to say it again. Elisha knew if I'm going to hear from God in the middle of my desert, if I'm going to get God's plan on how to get out of here, I've got to be able to get in a position where I can hear God's word, bring me a musician first. There's a reason why our church services are arranged like they're arranged right here. It's not just because I need some time to prepare and think about what I'm going to say and so we'll... We'll sing first. No, no, no. The reason why we uh, attend our worship, the, we, our worship services like they are is because when we worship God, we open our hearts to get ready for what God's Word is. Say amen to that. That's because worship always precedes the Word of God in your life. Worship will always precede. Some of you, that's all you need to hear today. If you can't hear God's direction for what's next, it may be because you, are, you aren't worshiping. 
If God is silent in your life, it could be because you're not going to God with a posture of God. I just want to worship you for what you've done. God, I want to thank you because you've been so good to me. God, you've answered when I didn't even know how. God, you've made a way when I, I'm worshiping you first so that my heart is in a position where I can receive the word of God in my life. I, I want to get myself where I can get in His worship. It, listen, worship unlocks God's Word in your life. That, that's why Psalms 100 says this, When you enter His gates, do so with thanksgiving, and go into His courts with praise, and give Him thanks and praise His name. When you go into His gates, when you enter His gates, come on, the Bible says when I first get here, the first thing i got to do is worship God. And some of us, listen, some of us are asking God to rescue us. And you're not hearing anything. It's because your heart's not prepared in worship. Let me, let me go ahead and I'll go one step further. You ready for this? It's why I want you not to show up late to church. Because <laughs> if you miss worship, your heart's not ready. Your heart's just not ready. I'm just being honest with you. It's not because I just want you to. It's, it's because I want you to sing along and get your heart in a posture where when I open this word, when this word, then your heart goes, man, I'm ready to receive that. I'm in a, I'm in a position I can receive. That's why coming to church is so important. That's why getting here and getting in worship is so important. That's why participating is so important. I, I just talked to a member of our team right before I came out. And they were in the back of the room and said, man, it's amazing. See a couple of hundred people with their hands raised. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, your hands being raised, you know what that is? That's saying, God, I'm ready to receive whatever it is you got for me. I'm surrendering all that stuff in my head and whatever you want to say to me, I'm ready for that. Say amen to that. That's what worship does. It opens my heart for that. Now write this down. I want you never to forget this. If the devil, if Satan can steal your worship, he can steal your word. If he can steal your worship, he can steal your word. If he can steal the stuff that's inside of you that says, God, I, I need you to move in my life. If he can steal your worship, he can steal the word that God has for you. So some of you are saying, God, you don't understand where I am. I wish you would come rescue me. And God's going, no, no, no. I know exactly where you are. I'm trying to move you, but you have to get in a position where you can hear the direction for what's next. And Elisha said, before I can get to God's direction to get out of this desert, we're going to have to worship. Bring me a musician. Tell, give me somebody. Well, I just don't get emotional. I meet these people all the time. Say, man, I just don't get emotional. I don't, I don't really, you know, worshiping. I don't like to sing. I just don't. I'm not an emotional person. You tell me that last night watching that Spurs game. Come on, somebody. I was, I was praying against LeBron James, and I, re, I rebuked the spirit of LeBron all over Cleveland. Come on. I bind the strong man in Cleveland, Ohio. And God made a way for my spurs to come through. Last night, late, He made a way for us to come through. You, I'm just not emotional. No, 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 you're emotional, all right. You're emotional on Inauguration Day. I saw some of your Facebook posts. You get emotional. Everybody gets it. When, 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 when somebody flipped you off on the way in in Fair Oaks Ranch on I-10, you know what I'm talking about? You get emotional. You know what I'm saying? Everybody gets emotional about something. So when I come into God's house, it's not about what I feel, whether I should worship. I'm, I, this is an act of obedience. Listen. Listen to what Psalms 100 says. It says this. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. It didn't say, if you feel like this, do that. No, no, no. It just says, shout with joy to, to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord has made us and we're His and we're His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. For the Lord is good and His unfailing love continues forever. Not one time in that whole passage did it say, if everything's okay, 
Everything's going well. I feel okay. It just said, hey, hey, hey. When you get to church, if you want to hear from God, listen, here's what you have to do. It's just an act of obedience. It's just saying, okay, God, here's what I'm going to do. I need a word out of my desert. Are you with me? Say amen to that. There's some of you that walked into church today and you know what that's like. To wander around the backside of that desert for seven days with no water. And you need to hear from God. And you need to know, God, what do I do next? How do I discover my destiny? I heard the guy preach about my area of destiny. I just don't know how to find it. I don't know how God would tell me where this thing is. Uh, listen, if, if, if he can steal your worship, he'll, he'll steal the word for your life. So, so my advice to you would be this. If I can't hear what God is saying about my destiny, maybe, maybe I, I, I need to worship God. Worship is what sustains you between your dream and your destiny. Worship is what sustains you between your dream and your destiny. It's the thing that sort of keeps you going when you know God said yes to this. Worship is that thing that sustains you between what it is that I know God promised me, but I'm just not there yet. And worship sustains you. And, and Elisha says, bring me a musician and worship first. Now, why did I say all of that? Why did I, why did I, why did I preach for 15 minutes about that first part of the? Because here's the reason why. Some of you will leave this series and think, that was good, but I still don't know what to do next. And I'm giving you the key. I just preached to you 15 minutes the key to unlocking your destiny. To unlocking the dream in your life. If you're wandering around your life aimlessly, stubbing your toe around every corner that you go, going, God, this ain't it. This is the wrong relationship. This is the wrong job. This is the wrong thing. Where do I turn next? How do I go? If you're not worshiping, you cannot get the word of God in your life. Say amen to that. So then Elisha says, bring the musician. And here's what it happens. Then it happened. Then it happened. As soon as the worship started, then God said, here's the word. And the Bible says, the hand of the Lord came on top of Elisha. And here's what he said. Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes I look up at God and go, God, I don't need ditches. I need water. <laughs> I don't know if you misunderstood me. I didn't say ditches. I said water. We don't have any water. Our people are dying. Our animals are dying. We're in a desert in the Middle East. There's sand everywhere. We're we need water. And you said ditches. And Elisha said, that's what God told me to tell you to do. Sometimes, listen close, God will give you the thing you don't need to do in order to give you something that you can't live without. Let me tell you that again. Sometimes you, you'll, get a, you'll get a word from God that you think, I don't need to do that. But if you'll do it, you'll realize that's the thing I couldn't live without. There's some of you today that you think, man, where would I be without this church? You heard God tell you, it's time to get planted in God's house. It's time to join a connect group. It's time to take your next step and get back. And you think, man, that's the craziest thing, God. Why would you say that? He said, you don't get, you just you do what the word says. Okay, I'm going to do that. And then when you take that step, then you, you look around your life and you go, oh my gosh. This is why God had me take that step. This thing that God told me to do, I didn't know why He told me to do what He told me to do. Now that thing has saved my life. Now that thing has, has been the thing that sustained me and saved my life. You're going to have to dig some ditches for your destiny. Say amen to that. 
I told y'all I got preaching this series. Next series, I will be just good. I may be a Presbyterian. No telling what I'm liable to do next series. But right now, I got to pull you out of living year after year after year, not knowing what it is I'm supposed to do with my life. I got to get you in your realm of destiny. I want people to come to City Hills fulfilled and happy and full of joy. You know how? It's it's when you find out the thing God designed you to do, and you have you're gonna have to. For that, you know why? You know why you're gonna have to dig for that? Because if there's no depth in you, you can't hold water. (laughs) Write that down. If there's no depth in you, you can't hold water. God, why wouldn't you just send rain? That would make more sense to me. I don't know. I've read this a hundred times and I thought. God, why wouldn't you just, this makes sense to me. You're the God of all creation. I don't care if it's a desert. Just send rain and you can send water on them. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. If I just send rain, it's just a temporary fix to a permanent problem in their life. Everybody at some point is going to have to dig something out that will sustain them beyond this tragedy. Listen close. Look at my eyes. Some of you have been living from rain shower to rain shower. If I can just get through this tragedy and the rain comes and I get through it and then we just keep going around in the desert. And then the rain comes and I just it's just enough water to get me through it, just enough water to keep me alive and I just get through it. And God said, listen, there's going to come a point in your life when you don't have any depth to you, you can't hold water when real tragedy strikes in your life. And if you want something to be able to sustain you through the hard times, that you don't have to always rely on one rain shower of blessing after another, then you're going to have to dig some ditches in your life. Say amen to that. I told our dream team yesterday at our Heart and Soul event, I was raised in a high church environment. I thank God for it. I don't begrudge it at all. I don't talk negative about it. I'm very thankful for it. I'm not ashamed of it. I I thank God for sort of, you know, what brought me to, to where I am today. But man, in my high church environment, listen, it was Sunday. I lived for Sundays, but not Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings was Sunday school, and I just barely got through it. Come on. I just, I didn't even like Jesus. I didn't think Jesus liked me. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to be there. We just got through it. But on Sunday night, oh, y'all ain't done what we did on Sunday night. Y'all ain't never done what we did on Sunday night. Listen, the choir was sweating. I started sweating before I got there. I just worked up a good sweat, Chris, just to, just to get ready to sweat while I got there. I, I had a handkerchief when I was 15 years old. I just, I'd, I'd take my tie off and tie it around my head. Y'all think I'm crazy now. Y'all don't know nothing about what I used to be. And Sunday night was above the choir. Was, it was wild. And listen, here's what would happen as a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid. Listen. I would ride that, that roller coaster of emotion from rain shower to rain shower. I would just, I would just barely get through and then, and then there would be that rain shower and I would feel God's presence and, and, it, would get, and it would be enough to get through and, and, then, and then we'd dip off and nothing changed in my life Monday through Saturday. Nothing. I don't even know if I saved on Monday. I probably, there's a lot of Mondays I wouldn't. <laughs> and then I'd come back to Sunday. And I'd live rain shower to rain shower. Listen, the older I got, the more I realized. If there's no depth in you, you're just not going to hold water. When tragedy comes, when life strikes. When I get married at 19 years old, and it takes us 10 years to have a baby, and we have many miscarriages. You, 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 you stand there holding your wife's hand with no depth. You, you, you won't make it. You go to divorce court when you thought it was going to last forever. And you don't have any depth in your life. You haven't dug any ditches in your life. You're not going to make it. You stand at the front of a church. In front of a casket that's too small. 
or a loved one who went too soon. You, you, you stand in a hospital room in an IC unit and say goodbye. Listen, if you don't have depth, you won't hold water. There's a reason why God said, I want you guys to dig some ditches here. I don't want to ju- I could send rain, but I want you to have some depth in you. I want you to participate in the miracle of your destiny. I want you to participate in this. Elisha, tell everybody to, 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 that I want you to start digging deep. What does that mean to dig deep? It means getting in a connect group. It really does. I, I know that sounds like a sales pitch, but it's just real. If you don't have anybody around you, you there's just no depth. There's, there's going to come something tragic in your life. If you don't have a sister, if you don't have a brother beside you, if you don't have somebody with you that you can just go, man, my life's falling apart right now, dude. I don't know what's going on in me. I know we're just here running in the mornings and that's all of it. But man, I need some prayer. I need somebody to help me right now. That's depth in you. When you show up at Dream Team, we had the largest Dream Team huddle we've ever had today. People are joining the team like crazy. Dozens of new faith. I love it. I love when people are discovering their purpose and making a difference in the world. Listen, you know what that is? Those are people who, they're going to be together when life gets hard. And they're digging a, a, a ditch. They're just digging something deeper so that, so that when things get bad, and I'm on the backside of a desert, I have somewhere to go. I have something to pull from. I have some depth to me. Rain would have just given them that temporary deal. Some people want want a 25-year marriage. They want everything that you've got in 25 years, but they've been married two and a half years. You know anybody like that? They sort of look at your life and say, man, I wish we had what you had. Well, <laughs> you don't want to do what I've done. You, you don't want to go through what I've gone through. You, you ever look at, I, I look at Dale and Debbie Wainwright and I think, man, I love, I love this couple. They've raised three godly men. They're just, they're incredible parents. They're incredible servants. I mean, Supreme Court justice and I've watched them park cars at church. Just, you, you want to talk about serving. I just, these people serve. And, and, and I think to myself sometimes, man, I wish I had what they had. Then, then I'll sit down at lunch over a steak and then I'll hear how he got how he got. And I don't, I don't want what you got. I don't, I don't, never mind. I don't want what you got. Listen, because there's just depth to that. So at some point in your life, you're just going to have to start digging that out for yourself. You're just going to have to start digging a ditch for your own destiny. Are you okay with that? Say amen to that. Let me give you three things about digging and then I'll let you go, okay? Let me give you three things. I want you to write these down. Here's the first thing you got to do. If you've got a dream, if God's going to put a dream inside your heart, if you're going to dream in that desert, if you're going to get God's destiny fulfilled in your life, let me tell you the three things. Here's the first one. is You're going to have to dig in the desert. Would you write that down? Dig in the desert. You're going to have to dig in the desert at some point in your life. You're just going to have to start digging where it doesn't seem possible. I don't even want to dig here. My marriage is dead. I'm at a dead end job. I'm, I'm successful over here. What will everybody think if I just quit and start over here? What will everybody think about me? At some point it's just going to be hard. It's desert sand. How do you dig sand in a desert? I don't know. I just know this. At some point you're just going to have to start digging right where you are. I'm too old. No, no, no. You're going to have to start digging. I'm too young. No, no, no. You're going to have to start digging. God does not always choose the perfect place to perform your miracle. You know that, right? God doesn't always do that. If, 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 if it was, everything was right inside of your circumstance, it wouldn't be a miracle. 
If everything was okay, it wouldn't be a miracle. But some of you are going to come out of this 21 days. I heard people tell stories in this 21 days already that I've been digging for 21 days. I've been fasting and praying. And God is already making a way where there's no other way I could have received this except God made a way in this desert. Sometimes you're just going to have to dig out of that hard clay, that old sand that's hard. It's hot out there. It's not the most ideal situations. But if you'll dig inside of that... Listen, you will not feel spiritual when you're digging a ditch in the desert. You will not feel spiritual. The stuff you feel right now, those goosebumps that go across your neck in worship, you know that stuff you feel in just a moment when we pray and you feel God's presence inside of you? Sometimes you're going to be on the backside of a desert in a chain gang digging a ditch thinking, this ain't spiritual at all. Listen to me. If you'll dig in that desert, God will supply your need. Here's the second thing. Take notes real quick. I got to hurry. They're, they're rushing me and they'll do that. They'll just make me go. Number two, you got to dig when you don't want to dig. You got to dig when you don't want to dig. You're going to have to dig when you don't feel like it. Acts 16 tells the story of Paul and Silas. They're in prison and, 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 and they've been thrown in prison. And, and, and one of them looks at the other and says, hey, man, I guess we just start singing. I don't know what else to do. We're just in prison right here. And they start singing. I don't know. I think they're probably singing something like, can't nobody do me like Jesus because I'm just kind of old school like that. I don't know what they're singing in there, but they're just singing together and, 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 and chains are rattling together. And then, you know, the story, God miraculously breaks them out, but not just them. He breaks everybody else out of the prison. Listen close to me. There's so some of you that are digging in a situation, you think, God, I don't want to dig right here. And he said, but listen, buddy, I'm not doing this for you. I'm trying to break somebody else out of prison. <laughs> I, 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 this ain't even about you. This is about them. This is about your babies that have been crazy and gone crazy and left church. And you, you, you know, the ones you've been praying for. And I've got you in prison so I can break them out. You with me with that? God, God, why would I have to start digging right now? Because I've got something better that you don't know. You got to dig when you don't want to. You got to dig when it's hard. You got to dig when it's when, when it doesn't make any sense. God did not bring you to that prison. He didn't bring you to that desert to kill you, but He did bring you there so that everybody around would know God alone did this in my life. Say Amen to that. Here's the third thing, and our musicians are coming. No matter what happens in your life. Don't stop digging. No matter what happens, don't stop digging in your life. Uh, listen, it doesn't matter what's happening. You don't understand, God. Everybody's against me. Here's what your Bible says in Psalms 23. It says, you prepare a table before me. Listen, in the presence of my enemies. Some of you think he's going to deliver you from your enemies before he prepares a table. He says, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it right in front of everybody. Right here when it's hard. Right here when you don't listen. When, when, when you've been digging for a long time. You've been praying. You've been believing God for a new job. You've been believing God to heal your marriage. You've been believing God to heal your spouse of cancer. And, and there's so much stuff against you. Why now? Why do I have to keep digging? Because right in the presence of your enemies, God says, that's where I'm going to spread out the miracle of your destiny in front of everybody. I'm going I, to fill up these ditches in front of everybody. Everybody will know that it was God who did it. 2 Kings 3.17. I love this last part of this passage and I'm done. Here's what it says. and, and, and this Sort of the end of the story. Uh, the musicians come. They, they play. They worship. They have a worship service. And then God's hand comes on Elisha. Then Elisha prophesies and says, Hey, let's dig ditches and 
And that's what they do. They start digging ditches all over the the desert. And here's what it says. For thus says the Lord. Listen close. You shall not see wind. Nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water. So that you and your cattle and your animals can drink. Listen to me. God said, Elisha, you tell everybody. They won't know where it's coming from. Just tell them it's coming. They won't be able to look around and go, well, I guess it's that thunderstorm up there. That's how this happened. No, no, no. You won't be able to pinpoint. Let let, let me give you something else. Why don't you write this down? Just a last thought. Why, Why don't you stop worrying about where it's coming from and just start worshiping who it's coming from? God, I don't really, listen, I don't really care where it comes from. It doesn't really matter to me how this is going to happen. If you're like me, Rudy, if you're like me, I'm analytical, man. I want to know, I want to know the plan before I get there. You know what I'm saying? This is tough in our marriage because Brandon and I vacation very, very, very differently. We don't vacation separately because then I'd have to be in counseling. But we do vacation very differently. Brandy's idea of a vacation is this. I'm going to throw two or three things in this bag because I'm going to go lay on that beach right there from the time we land until the time I have to get back on that airplane. I don't want to see nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to read a book. You want to read? No, I don't want to read a book. I want to close my eyes. I want to read the back of my eyelids on this beach for nine days. That's what I want to do. I'm just the opposite. When we get somewhere, I hit the ground running. I got a schedule for vacation. Baby, why are we sleeping in? Get up. There's so much to see in this beach town. Why would we just go lay on the beach? Anybody vacation like that? Anybody? Just me? Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't. I just can't sit, sit there. We, we vacation. I like to know the whole plan. I like to know exactly where it's coming from. I don't like any surprises. I like to know this is how it's going to happen. This is where God's going to come through. This is, this is what's going to happen next. You're going to take this step and then God's going to take this step. You're going to take this step and then God's going to take this step. And listen to me. Four months ago, a year and four months ago, Brandy and I took a step that we had no idea how God was going to come through. And I was scared to death. We just started digging. We just started digging dishes with hot. It's still hot. It's hard. Sometimes we don't want to. And, and, and then and look around. Look, look, look at these. Those rows of chairs you're in. There's a lot of dream team up here that dug those for you. And, and then God fills them with water. It doesn't really matter where it comes from. Let let me help you with this dream and destiny idea. Listen close to me. Quit worrying about how God's going to do it. And just start worshiping that God's going to do it in your life. You'll live less stress in this series. You'll come out of this series better. If you'll quit saying, God, how are you going to do this? God, how are you going to give me a better job? Listen, I'm preaching to somebody right now. That you've been praying for that that next... next, You want to be home with your kids? That next promotion? That next... You just... God, how is this going to work? And you keep trying to work it out. Well, maybe if this guy moves over here, then I can take that position. Quit worrying about it. You just start worshiping God. Listen, you just start worshiping God, and then you're going to show up one day and go, oh my gosh, these ditches are all full of water. I don't know. I don't even know where this water came from. But there's more water than I could possibly see. The Bible did not say they dug one ditch. It said they filled the whole valley full. Now listen, here's what happens. The Moabites come over the hill, and they see this valley full of ditches and water. But from where they're standing, there's red clay and water, and it looks like blood. And they walk into an ambush, and the people of Israel defeat the Moabites because of their worship. 
because they got in a position to hear God's word and then they did what God said and they dug out their own destiny and the word for you today is just keep digging it's just like finding Nemo you just, just keep swimming just keep swimming just, just keep digging just keep doing it just keep doing it just, just get in a connect group just, just join the team just start tithing just come to church every Sunday isn't that crazy just every Sunday just say I, it, what are we going to do this weekend we're going to go to church that's what we're going to do every Sunday why God hasn't made a way yet. it doesn't matter I'm, I don't care where it comes from it doesn't really matter to me what happens listen I'd love for you to get connected to this church but look at my eyes if it's not here, get connected somewhere else. Get planted in the house. Get planted. Quit, quit going from here to here. Just get planted somewhere. And get inside of there and just say, God, I'm just going to do this until, until it doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep digging these ditches. I don't care what happens. Come hell or high water, my mama used to say. It don't matter what's going to happen. I'm just going to dig and dig and dig. And then I'm going to look up and the miracle is in the digging. Stand to your feet all over the house. <laughs> Take somebody by the hand that's standing right next to you. Close your eyes all over the house. and Our dream team, I want you to begin to intercede and pray. In a crowd this size, there's no doubt there are people who know what it's like to feel lost on the backside of a desert, not able to find your way, feel like there's no water. I'm starving to death out here. We're going to die if I don't hear from God. If I don't get an answer from God, if God doesn't make a way, there's no water. I took a detour around this construction and now here I am out of water, out of gas. Everything's falling apart. What am I supposed to do? How do I hear from God? Let me tell you the first way. In just a moment, we're going to sing another worship song. And if I were you, I think I'd worship. I'd just get in a position where every day I'd wake up and I'd say, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. God, I don't know what word you want to give me today, but I'm ready to receive it. I worship you. I would turn off this whole week. Listen close. Everybody's eyes are closed. We're in a 21-day fast. And this last week of our 21-day fast, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to turn off the noise in your life. I'm going to ask you to replace, every time you get in the car, replace that secular music with worship music. Every time you want to, some of you need to fast social media. Every time you want to open up Instagram and Facebook, put on a worship song. Why is that? Because I'm going to get myself in position in worship so that I can hear the word. Because I need a word from God. I, you, you may not. It's okay if you don't. But there will come a time in your life when you need God's word in your life. And the only way I know to get it is just get in a position of worship. Elisha said, bring me the musician. Let's worship and see what God would say. And then listen close. Everybody's eyes are closed you got to start digging. You're going to have to get involved in your own miracle. You're going to have to start doing the right things, digging this thing out so that there's depth inside of you, so that it'll hold water. Don't worry about how it comes. It may not be wind and rain and thunderstorm, but there's going to be a day you look up. It could be after this 21 days. It could be after this week of just you tuning out all the noise of your life and tuning into worship. It, it, could be, it, it could be middle of the year. It could be December 31st. I don't know when it's going to happen for you, but there's just going to come a day you look up. And the Moabites are scattered. And your enemies are scattered around. And the, and the valley's full of water. And it's a miracle. I found my destiny. Now, Father, I pray for every head bowed. I pray for every hand that's being held right now. 
God, I pray that they would discover that destiny. They would get inside that area of destiny. They would position themselves to hear the word of God in their life. And that word for them is to dig, 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 dig deeper. Get involved. Just whatever you're doing, dig down deeper. Just start serving. Start connecting. Get in a group. Start tithing. Start being faithful. Start, start praying. Start reading your Bible. Start fasting. Whatever I'm doing, I just need to dig a little deeper. I just need to consistently dig. Just dig. Just dig. Just dig that thing out. And then one day, God, I don't care how you do it I promise you God I promise you I don't care how you grow this church just just fill the ditches with water God any way you want to do this is fine by me if you want to give us land give us land if you want to give us buildings and campuses whatever you want to do if you want us to stay at Kendall Elementary till Jesus returns this is exactly I'm just going to keep digging and digging and God I don't care how the rain I don't care how the wind it doesn't matter I just want you to fill the ditches with I'm intentionally giving you some quiet time so you hear that. So you hear that word inside of your heart, that thing God's telling you to do. December of 2015, that's what God told me to do. He brought a prophet named Larry Stockstill from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Laid his hands on my head. There were about ten of us in a room. He laid his hands on my head. And this is, this is the story he prophesied over me. I haven't, have I told you any of this? I've, I've never told our dream team any of this. My wife's the only person that knows this. He prophesied over He said, if you'll dig ditches, I'll fill them with water. He said, he said, you're going to a dry place. This is what God told me. He said, you're going to a dry, dry, dry land in the hill country. And if you'll dig ditches, I'll fill them with water. And here we are. I don't care how you do it, God. It doesn't matter to me how you heal marriages. Just heal marriages. I don't care how you heal. I don't care. I just want, I want people to talk about that's the church where cancer's healed. Where people are, are born again. Where lives are restored. Where, where addicts come back to home. They come back to hope and life and they're raised. That's just where they baptize thousands of people who just are raised a brand new life. That's where, that's where miracles happen. That's where anything can happen down at that church. I don't care how you do it, God. I promise you I don't. But I pray for every person in the room that there would just be that destiny that comes on them. There would be that dream that lives again inside of their heart. There would be that thing that lives again in them. That, that, that miracle that you have for them. That thing you've called them to do. That new job. That better relationship. God, that thing that you've promised them. That home that I know they're going to buy. This is the year. This is the year things are going to happen. This is the year that promotion comes. This is the year everything changes in their life. Their marriage. After 20 years, finally there's a change and there's healing that comes. That child who's been away from home for years and years and years strung out on drugs this is the year they wander in the back of an elementary school and give their hearts to Jesus once again this is the year this is the season this is the time dig the ditch and nobody's moving if you're in this room today and you've never given your heart to Jesus listen you cannot you cannot you cannot you cannot you cannot be in a position where you hear from God if you're not totally surrendered to him I'm calling somebody here to repentance. Somebody who's never said yes to Jesus. Who's never said because of the cross. Because you 
died for me because you were buried and rose again. I want that life. I want access to that abundant life he's preaching about. I want access to the kingdom of heaven he's talking about. I want access to the miracles that he's preaching about. If you've never said yes and crossed that line of faith, nobody's looking in this whole room. Would you just raise your hand and say, man, that's me. That's me. Hands are up all over the house. I see you. I see you. I see you. Hands are up. Hands are up. Hands are up. Sir, I see you. I see you, ma'am. Hands are up all over the house. Come on. If that's you, listen close. Nobody, nobody's moving. I just want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I give you my whole heart. I give you everything. And I don't hold anything back. I surrender everything. My dreams, my hope, my desires, my talents, my gifts, my relationships, where I thought I'd be, where I came from, my hurts, my mistakes, my sin. I give you everything in my life, my whole life. God, I don't just halfway turn to you. I repent. I turn completely towards Jesus. And I turn my back on everything else. And I'm going to run hard after you. Forgive me of all of my sins. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Make me right before God again, I pray. God, I pray you would wash me in the blood that only saves me, that forgives me, that makes me clean and whole before you. I repent. I put my faith in what you did on the cross. And I thank you for that. I receive that. I receive that today everything's different, that I'm starting fresh with you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody, If you receive the word of the Lord, shout a big amen. Come on, give God praise all over the house.